John 21, I want to talk to you about this morning. This, this, the sermon title is Awake the Wonder. Awake the Wonder. Uh, and it's all fo- found in this um, particular passage. I'm going to walk you through... Um, three chapters, you know, walk right through them, and we're going to look at different things about the Apostle Peter, and uh, that God, some things that God is teaching us through the Apostle Peter that we could learn, and I want to take you to this passage of Scripture as we do so, but um, I have not had the opportunity to just greet everybody since I've been back from Christmas, and so I just wanted to just take a moment before we got too far and just say, um, I hope everyone had a good Christmas. Did everyone have a good Christmas? Everyone, anybody get a new car? Nothing? No, okay. No. Some of you guys are like, yeah, I did, but I don't want to publicize it. No. Um, well, anyway, uh, I, love, I love Christmas time. We had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. to visit my father and uh, had a great time with spending time with him and, uh, and the family there. And so we just had a blessed time. One of the things that I wanted to share with you is my son, before we left, we all together as a family got together and opened our Christmas presents and did our Christmas the Sunday before we left town. So it was really neat, and we got together and did the Christmas story, read the Bible, and then we opened up the presents, and uh, my son, somebody gave my son this really cool gift. I loved watching all of them open up their presents. I even love watching my wife open up her presents, but my son in particular, he's my little man, little Landon, and he opens this gift, and somebody gave him a superhero costume. You know, those costumes like you see the Halloween or, you know, that time, they got the muscles and everything on him. He looks ripped. He's got the, ma- the, the mask and everything. So they gave him a, a Captain America costume with the shield and everything. And then, in addition, somebody else gave him a Batman costume. Um, so he had a Batman mask and the Batman cape. And, you know, he just, it, I, I love watching him put these costumes on. Uh, because he, it's like he goes through this transformation. As soon as he puts the costume on, it's like he becomes this superhero. He, be, he all of a sudden develops this bravado toughness, and he starts charging things in the house and uh, taking on his big bad dad, his evil dad, you know, that kind of thing. And he, it's so cool because he fabricates, he dreams up these crazy scenarios in his mind like he's taking on this superhero villain. And, uh, and I, I, I would wrestle with him and I'd play with him and stuff, but... I started thinking about that recently, and I, I was wondering, why is that funny to me? Why do I think that that is so silly that my son, you know, he puts his costume on, all of a sudden he becomes a superhero? And it, it hit me because I, I'm, I'm realizing it's funny because he thinks it's true. He really believes that he's changed into this superhero. Like, he's, he's got these crazy, unrealistic dreams. Like, there's no way he's going to all of a sudden have muscles pop out of nowhere and take on his big bad dad. It just isn't going to happen, okay? Um, or he's going to fly from couch to couch. It doesn't happen. Um, but in his mind, he, he really believes it. And I started thinking, I wonder if God laughs at us. You ever think about that? Does God laugh at us? Now, obviously, as a parent, we laugh at our kids because their dreams are so far-fetched. It's like it's impossible. There's nowhere going to happen. But I think God, if he laughs, he's laughing for the opposite reason. I think God is probably laughing at how small and how easy and how doable our dreams might be. I really believe that. I think that that God, if he's going to laugh at us or laugh at our our dreams, it's because they're too small. They're not God-sized enough. And I wanted to say that as we got, got going here because I really believe that God, I want to inspire all of us this morning to begin to dream big dreams for God. Begin to dream that 2016 is, God does have some big things planned for us. He's got some spectacular, marvelous, um, wonder-filled things in our lives. But I have to say, are you dreaming? Are you dreaming big dreams? And so 
this, this morning, I want, to, I want to encourage you to awake or to wake up the wonder of God. To wake up God's wonder for your life. So uh, I'm going to start in this passage in John 15. And um, if you are familiar with this, uh, we're going to kind of go through it. But I'm gonna, I have three simple thoughts that I want to leave you with. And if you're taking notes, I really encourage you to write them down. Each thought is going to come out of a different chapter of the Bible, okay? So this is called expositional uh, sermon. From starting from one place, we're going to go all the way through Acts chapter number 2. And I'm going to show you three things. Now, when I start talking about waking up the wonder of God or dreaming big and audacious dreams like, like a child would do, putting on a costume, I want, to, I want to, obviously in order to do that, that implies that you have to be dreaming. You have to be dreaming up something. So my first point I want to write you to write down and make note of as it comes to how we are to awaken to the wonder of God, it's this. We need to dream big. Dream big. So let's start in verse 15 of chapter 21, and I'll, I'll begin. It says, so when they had dined, Jesus just got done making a, a meal for all the disciples. He said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Circle that word, knowest. And, and, and as the conversation goes on, he says, that Jesus responds, okay, yeah, you're right, I do know, so I want you to feed my sheep. And so this conversation, Jesus asks him this thing three times, do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? And Peter all, constantly replies with this statement, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And I, when, I, when you break that down, I, I, a lot of times we spend a lot of time talking about the first part. In fact, in the last hour, I spent a whole lot of time talking about the question that Jesus asked um, Peter. He said, do you love me? I don't want to beat that drum again. What I want to do is get all of you to focus on Peter's response. He said, I, yes, Lord, you know, you absolutely know that I love you. And I want to say this. If, God, if we understand that God does have big plans for us, that we know that God, he knows all things, then it, it, it must imply that there are some things that God has in store for us. If, if God knows all things, then the very next statement that, that God makes to, to Peter here is then, you're right, I do know all things and I've got something planned for you, something big. I want you to feed my sheep. So the emphasis that I want to point to you about this particular passage is this. God in 2015, saw how we messed up some things. Some of us have made some mistakes. Some of us had made some decisions that were costly, uh, cost us a lot. A lot of relationships, a lot of, a lot of money, perhaps. Um, but I don't want you to focus on last year's regrets. I don't want to look at that anymore because as we start talking about the future of 2016, of what's coming this coming year, I want you to dream big for God. What does God have in store for you? But the only way you'll begin to dream big is if you know that God's not done yet. You've got to know that God's not finished with you yet. So it doesn't matter what happened in your life. It doesn't matter what decisions happened, decisions you might have made. I want you to know, just like Peter, God says, I know. You're right. I absolutely know. And I want you to feed my sheep. I've got a plan for you. So you know, this is all true. We all know deep in our hearts. Isn't it? This is, you can relate to this. We, those of you guys, how many of you all have been in church for more than five years? Raise your hand. Okay, so there's a lot of you who've been in church more than five years. And, and most of you know that, that Jesus knows everything. There's nothing that is hidden from God. He knows from the beginning, from the end, nothing that's lost in between. He sees the final picture. We get that. We even have a book in the Bible that's dedicated to tell us what's going to be happening in the future. It's already planned out, mapped out, done. 
But here's the thing. Even though we know that Jesus knows all things, somehow that doesn't always translate into confidence when it comes to knowing that God's got something planned for you or for me. It, we kinda, it gets lost in translation. And I love how the Apostle Paul specifically addressed that. All right, save your spot here. Turn your Bibles to uh, the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 12. This is interesting to me. Um, when, I, when you look at Romans 12, he wrote this letter to a, a, a bunch of believers who had just gotten saved um, that lived in Rome. And uh, he writes this particular statement. He's telling them in, in chapter number 12, verse number 2, he says to them, you know, don't be conformed to this world. All right, do not, do not be conformed to this world. But notice what he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me pause for just a minute. That idea of being transformed. He's saying, you can have a totally different life. In 2016, you will experience wonder-filled things for your, for your life. God's already got it mapped out. He's not done with you yet. You can be transformed to experience those things, but it all has to do with this small little phrase of renewing your mind. And that word renew means to continually remind yourself. Remind yourself always that God isn't done yet. And some of y'all need to hear that. I mean, I really believe some of, you, some of you guys, things that you would have never expected happen to you. And you just feel like God's abandoned you. Like God's not listening to you as you pray. Like God's not involved in your life. And you just feel alone. Listen to what God is telling you. He is very involved in what's going on in your life. He's there and he's telling you he's not done yet. And in fact, if you continue that verse, he gets very specific and he says, continuing the statement, he's after you're transformed to the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove or experience or truly know, truly know what? The miracle that's around the corner. Truly know what God has for you in 2016. It is wonder filled. And I, I need you to grasp that because the whole thrust of today's message is telling you that God has got something unusual for everyone in this room, not excluding one person for 2016. You say, no, Joe, my life is boring. My life is lame. I live a nominal Christian life. But if that's true, I'm going to show you how you can flip that world upside down and I'll even show you why that's happening and why you hold that view. All right, so with that statement, I want to explain to you God does have wonder-filled plans, and that, that being a reality, that ought to stir your heart. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, God's not done. Come on, come on, God's not done, amen. All right, so that's good. God's not done, believe that. God is not done with you yet. He's still got some plans. So here's the thing, when we know, all right, church, if we know that God's not done with us yet, here's what's going to happen. It's going to stir inside of your heart. All of a sudden, you're going to be freed up to dream audacious dreams, big dreams for God. Because if God is telling you that he's not done yet, then just begin to imagine what it's going to look like. What does 2016 look like? What's coming for this? What does the wonder-filled plans look like? What is the perfect will of God for 2016 for me? according to Romans chapter 12. All right, so here's, I want to make this statement and I want you to lean into this statement. The size of your, of your dreams depend upon the size of your God. Think about that. The size of your dreams depend upon the size of your God. So turn to your neighbor and say, God is big. God is big. Amen, God is big. Some of you guys are like, God is big. God is big. You know, you're like, yeah. I, I know, I know. All right, well, here's the thing. 
I can prove to you right now, this is cool, everyone in this room is either a a doubter, a big doubter, or you're a big dreamer. There's no in-between. You're either a big doubter or you're a big dreamer. Say, prove that. I don't believe that. All right, check it out. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Keep your place um, in Acts, or in John. John, I want you to keep your place there. But turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And when you get there, say amen. All right, some of you guys are fast, faster than me. Some of you guys got to cheat. You got your, um, you know, your mobile app. That's not even fair. Rest of us have old school Bibles, you know. I like, I like old school Bibles. I like marking up my Bible. Some of you are like, well, I can do that in my app. Okay, that's cool too. All right. All right. Ephesians chapter number three. Listen to this statement, verses 20 and 21. I'm about to prove to you that you're either a doubter or you're a big dreamer. And I want to show you this from this text. Listen to what he says. He says, now unto him that is able to do. By the way, the him there is God, okay? Now unto God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above whatever you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Continuing, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Somebody say, amen. All right, so that's exciting. You read that. Some of you guys responded. Before I even got to the end of verse 21, your heart is exploding. You just want to stand to your feet and say, it's me. I want that. I want that. I want to experience the wonder. I want to experience the exceeding abundantly above whatever I can ask or think. That's what I want. I want that, God. Some of you, how many of you are like, amen, that was me? Okay, that's faith. That means you have, you, you are the big dreamer. That's who you are. Now, there's some of you in this room like, yeah, yeah, shoot, I know. I know, I've read that verse like 50 times. I know that's in the Bible. But you understand, Pastor Joe, that verse is very specific talking about, you know, the apostles. God's going to do something with the apostles and with the disciples and with the the early church because there was no church. And so God had to do something wonder-filled in order to bring the church into existence. And that's why that verse. So it's not for everybody. Well, I would say you need to reread that verse. Verse 21, if you hold that latter view, why don't you reinvestigate that verse? Let's slow it down. We're going to chop it up. Here we go. All right. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout how long? All ages. Yeah, that, that's pretty open. That's, that's limitless. That means all ages. Keep going. World without end. There is no stopping this. There is no limit to this. It's going to affect the whole wide world. Jesus loves the whole wide world. Okay, the whole world is in his hands. That's what he's saying here, okay? So this is amazing. This is a limitless, this is a promise that I want you to highlight and underline, and I want you to ask yourself, do I believe? If you believe this, then you're gonna dream big dreams. Think about this. If you have a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above what you could ask him or think up for 2016. Hey, write it down, write it down. What is it in your life that you want to see God do in 2016? Something God-sized, not something man-sized. Don't make God laugh with your little dream. Get something big in your mind and ask God, I want you to do something big in 2016. Dream big, because if you dream big, you're giving God an opportunity to work. You're giving God to do something marvelous, some God-sized thing. I love that when it says, um, without, you're talking about the age, there's, age to the, there's no end to the age. That means if you're 75 years old or if you're 25 years old, you can dream big. This verse is for you. 
for 2016 and for the rest of your life. So dream big for God. And by the way, keep this in mind. God oftentimes does his greatest works against the backdrop of the darkest times. Isn't it true? I was, uh, I'm reminded when I wrote that statement, I'm reminded of uh, what happened in Paris. Um, and I, I remember posting on Facebook that very comment because all of this chaos was just everywhere. Everyone was just afraid of their own lives. They didn't know what was coming. They didn't know how to handle this. And I, I, just, I was reminded, like, the Lord just kind of stilled my heart when I was driving my car. I wasn't texting and driving. I was just driving my car. And this thought hit me, and, and it, God reminded me, kind of like he sat next to me in the car and said, do you remember, Joe, that when I created the world, when I created everything, it was void, there was emptiness, and there was darkness, and then I spoke it into existence? I created the masterpiece that is before you? Oh, and by the way, Joe, that you're literally inside of right now, that I created, I created that out of darkness. And you know what? Some of us are in darkness right now. You feel like this this 2015 has been nothing but a cloud, a darkness just following you and plaguing you and, and problems and you just get stressed out and afraid. Remind yourself of that reality, that that is true. God is infinitely bigger than your biggest problem and he's infinitely stronger than your greatest fear. That is awesome. So dream big for God. That's the point. Peter, dream big. You're right. I do know all things, and I got a plan for you, and I want you to dream big for it. So keep going. Now let's go back to John, or Acts chapter 1. Go into the next thought. Now that we understand that Jesus, by the way, there's a a whole bunch of cool stuff there in that text, but we're going to go to the next thing that I want to emphasize to you. Okay, so now that you've kind of settled, if you want to awake the wonder in your life, the wonder of God in 2016, then we understand we've got to dream big. But the second thing I want to talk to you about is you've got to pray hard. It's the natural follow-up. Once you're dreaming big, you, there's this natural insinuation of praying hard. And you say, where are you getting that from, Joe? Well, I want to show you the very next time we see Peter in this narrative, we find him on his face. He's in a posture of prayer with the other disciples. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 12. This is following the narrative, continuing on. It says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem. This is the disciples, okay? From the mount called Olives, which is, Olivet, which is formed from Jerusalem, about a seventh, Sabbath day journey. And then, or say, when they were come in, they went up to the upper room where they abode Peter and the rest of the disciples, all right? Verse 14. These all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. That's important. I want you to see that. Big dreams need to follow up with prayer and supplication. Now, keeping this in mind, I want you to understand um, that following, once you have this stirring of your heart about dreaming big for God, um, there is this natural thought that needs to come in. I can't do this. I can't do what's going to happen in 2016, God. You're the one that has to do it, so I'm leaning into you to make it happen. Now, with that true, I want to say this. Speak about praying hard. When I speak about that, I'm talking about two things. I have two things in my mind. First, I'm trying to talk about getting you to understand pray with audacity. Pray with audacity. And also, secondly, pray with tenacity. Audacity, what I mean by that is pray with the God-sized bigness in your mind. 
God is really that big. Have that in mind. You say, well, how are you getting that from that passage? You're kind of implying that. Well, think about the narrative. Think about what's going on here. All right, in the previous portion of Acts chapter 1, we find the apostles gathered around Jesus after he's risen from the dead. He's, he's literally in the, in the mountain, and he's saying to these guys, guys, listen, I've got something wonderful planned for you. I've got something that's going to, I'm going to do something with you in just a few days that's going to change the world. And I want you to stay here. And next thing you know, the Bible says he begins to levitate into the sky. What? Where's Jesus? He's floating. He's floating into the sky. And so you can imagine, they get back to the upper room, and they're having this conversation with each other, and they're gathering in prayer, and they're saying, God, we don't know what you got coming up, but all we know is we just saw you fly, okay? We just saw you levitate in the sky, so there obviously is no limit to what you're going to do with us. We just pray that you will truly change the world, change people's lives, change these Jewish people who are in the city right now. Help them to see you, Jesus. So they begin to pray, pray with this audacity that God wants to, not is going to, but that he wants to use you. That's powerful. You say, Joe, I don't know what, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through this past. I've made some big mistakes. Jesus says, I know, I know, but I want to use you in 2016. And so here they are, they're praying with this audacity, but you've also got to consider you have to pray with tenacity too. You have to prepare yourself for this. There's something that God needs you to do to prepare for the outpouring or prepare for the wonder-filled plans that God has for you. See, how are you getting that? Well, it's continue, continuing in the verse, in verse 15 uh, of chapter number one of Acts, Peter stands up to the disciples and he says, guys, listen, we're one man short. We, we, we had 12 disciples, 12 apostles, but now there's just 11 of us, and, and one of them betrayed Jesus, and he didn't come back, and he committed suicide, and life is really hard now. But we know Jesus has got some big plans for 2016, so we need to elect. There needs to be some more help. You know what he's doing is he's, he's preparing for the outpouring of God. He's preparing for the wonder-filled plans. And listen, this is what separates biblical theology from the name-it-and-claim-it movement that is popular in our generation. You see, name it and claim it says, all you got to do is just walk by something and say, I need this. Jesus, let it be happening. That, that's good. Yes, Jesus certainly can do that. But Jesus very clearly, you see in this text that Peter's preparing something. And what he's doing is he's strategically laying out infrastructure. We need more help. We need more help. And as it relates to us, God does have plans for you in 2016. Great, miraculous plans. But some of you all need to prepare yourself. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to spend more time at home with your family rather than work. Maybe you need to spend more time going to education, getting, getting, going to school, enrolling in school, and advancing your education to where you could do what God's called you to do. Maybe you need to just, you know, say, start saying no to people and things so that you can prepare for what God is going to do. Whatever it is, you need to prepare for it. Pray hard. Pray like it depends on God, but work like it depends on you. Prepare yourself for what God's going to do. It's important. You know, I'll read you this quote. There's a very a, a, a pastor that lives out in Washington, D.C. I, I recently read one of his books. It's called The Circle Maker. Um, phenomenal book. My wife read it first, and then I read it, and it changed our life. That book changed the way we pray. And if you've never heard of this book, I encourage you to get it. It's very biblical, very expositional, very walks you through text. And uh, the guy's name is Mark Batterson. And listen to what the statement he made. 
uh, and I loved it. He said, bold prayers honor God, and, uh, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers, but rather he's offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, then they are simply insulting to God. That's awesome. So what are you praying for? Are you praying hard? Are you dreaming big? If you are, I want to show you something that is just amazing. Turn one page over. This is what God will do with somebody that is truly committed to dreaming big and praying hard. And I believe that some of you right now are there. You're on the verge. You believe that God can do all things. You believe that God does have something wonderful planned. I want to show you this text because this verse, this next part of the the, uh, message, I want to show you how God awakens the wonder. So dream big, pray hard, and simply awake the wonder. In verse number one, I want to read this to you. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, By the way, fully come means they've done a lot of dreaming and they did a lot of praying. So they're ready. This is, it's time now. God shows up and it happens. What happens in the next verse? It says, and suddenly, it happens suddenly. God will do something suddenly when you do not expect it. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know what's happening here? This is what happened here is what happened in the Old Testament whenever they had the, the, the temple and the, the Shekinah glory of God fell upon the Ark of the Covenant. That's what's happening here. The Shekinah glory of God is falling upon his people so that they can be bold witnesses and bring back the wonder in people's lives. People need to be wowed by God is what's happening here. Keep going. I'll prove it to you. Verse number six, it says, And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, thousands of Jewish men and women, devout people, specifically men, were gathered together, and they were confounded. Circle that word, confounded, in your Bible. That is an awesome word. They were confounded because that every man heard them speaking in their own tongue. And they were all amazed. Circle that word. And they marveled. I'd circle that one too. That's three things I want you to circle right back to back. Saying with one, with one another, Behold, are not all these, thing, all these which speak Galileans? Drop down to verse number 11. And it says, We do hear them speak in our tongues. What does it say? The wonderful works of God. I love this because God wants to He wants to confound people in your life. He wants to amaze people in your life. He wants to to do marvelous things in this church and in your personal family. He wants to do amazing things. He wants to give you the wow back that you've been missing for so long. Some of you have been going to church and it became very normal to you. You became a doubter. You're not listening. You don't really believe that God does have big plans. But hear me when I tell you that God has something amazing for you. He's got something around the corner. Say, this is not a, a feel-good message. This is a gospel-centered, power-saturated message filled with truth. It has everything to do with your faith. Do you believe that God has a plan for you? If it's true then let's react upon it. Let's do something with it. Let's let's put into motion. Let's wake this wonder.